Welcome, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Joint Investors Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and Keller Williams agent. And what is Renegade Joint Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Match of Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals. So St. Your Grandma's Rhea, folks. No guru bullshit from the front. No smell of stale coffee, Ben Gay, and or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about? Ma! RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done. I pick their brain for your entertainment and hopefully education. And I know I beg every week. So if you enjoy this podcast, here's what I need you to do. There are not enough of you who have done this. 49 of you have done this. I need like another 200. All right. Considering I have a thousand weekly listeners, I think we could do better. Go on to iTunes. You got to search. I didn't, I didn't come up with this shit and search renegade joint investors, go to iTunes um, store and then rate and review. You got to rate and review from there. If you enjoy the podcast, if you don't enjoy the podcast, don't do that. All right. Also, a ton of you are sharing. Please continue to do that. That really does help. Remember, if we want to keep hearing these podcasts, we got to grow the podcast, right? So thank you to everybody doing it too. And if I, for all those who share the podcast and I don't see you doing it, thanks. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it helps a lot. So if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash renegade Detroit investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit investment club. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess. And I'm on Snapchat at Jeremy a Burgess. And of course you go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. All right. Legal disclaimer. Don't blame me. This world's full of pussies, man. In no way, shape or form. Should anything that I and or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice, we highly recommend that before you make any investment decision or decisions, that you contact a lawyer and or other licensed professionals. Be an adult. Don't sue me. Thank you. All right. Time for the Renegade Joint Investors Show Quote of the Week, where I pick a quote that sets the tone for the podcast and hopefully also your week. And this week, I kind of did a rip off and copy and a little extrapolation. And I went with the reason why worry kills more people than work is that more people worry than work. Robert Frost. All right. Let me introduce you to my guest, Zach DeHunt. Zach was born and raised in Metro Detroit after graduating from college with creative studies in Detroit, a degree in advertising design. He moved on to work as a creative director for clients such as the Detroit Red Wings, the Detroit Tigers, and the Michigan Lottery. Needless to say, he is an avid sports fan who lives and breathes Detroit. Now, if you go to his Facebook profile, his religion says Red Wings. So I think he's pretty committed to this. And as head of marketing, Zach, uh, Zach's creative background allows him to utilize and invent unique strategies in order to find off-market properties that nobody else has access to. He manages and analyzes multiple campaigns to make sure that Kubo Homes has a healthy flow of property leads coming in at all times. His goal is to find motivated sellers that Kubo Homes can help and assist those sellers in finding a solution to their current problem, whether it be a quick cash sale, short-term financing, long-term financing, credit repair, or any other number of possible solutions. In his free time, Zach enjoys spending time with his family, going to the gym, playing guitar, and attending sports events. He's also an active participant in the revival of Motor City and is excited for his family's future and the new and improved Detroit. Go check him out. 
kubohomes.com. That's K-U-B-O-Homes.com. Also, if you go to facebook.com forward slash Kubo Homes, you can see him there. And he has a little side business he's growing too. CreativeRocketship.com. Go check that out. He's also on Facebook, and he'll talk about that on the podcast. Welcome, Zach. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming to the podcast, man. Uh, finally, yeah. yeah well, you know, you did you did have a baby, or I guess technically your wife had the baby, yeah. right? Girlfriend, Through, but yeah, yeah. Girlfriend, yeah. that's right. Sorry, girlfriend. Long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all right. So how did you get into real estate, man? Take how, me back. How did I get into real estate? Uh, to the beginning. Uh, uh, I stayed up late too, uh, way too late one night. That's that's all I can say. Um, I, I work a lot. I was doing some moonlighting on my my web design, and I was watching some commercials. And uh, Than Merrill came on the TV. So it's not a plug for Fortune Builders, but uh, <laughs> that, that's the that's the commercial that caught my eye. So uh, I went to the first event there, and uh, I was big on marketing. So a lot of the stuff made a lot of sense to me, and I wanted to focus on you know using my marketing efforts to build my own business versus using my marketing efforts strictly to build my client's business. I love working with clients, but want to start something for myself as well. Um, so I contacted my buddy, Andrew, who I'd known for a long time. Uh, he had owned a couple of rentals already at that time. And I said, I got tickets to this thing. Let's, let's go check it out and see how it goes. And, uh, you know, we went to the first, I guess, pitch or whatever they put you through in their, their sales ringer. But, uh, it, it worked, it made sense to us and we signed up for a coaching program and, um, Started in 2013. Our first year, we ended up doing about seven wholesale deals. So, I mean, the system was was working out and everything was going pretty well. Um, and then we started trying to to look into the different areas that we could focus on. Uh, you know, rental. There's so much to do in real estate. So, uh, obviously, we were like kids in the candy store trying to figure out, you know, which which area do we want to play with. So, uh, over the last few years, I'd say that we've kind of explored the territories from higher end flips to lower end rental rehabs and all that stuff. And uh, this year, I think we've got kind of a, a little bit new strategy, but uh, like every year, we've we've kind of been growing and tweaking as as the market tweaks itself too. So yeah, market constantly changes, <laughs> never stays the same, does it? No, it does not. No, you can always tell when you're dealing with somebody like oh, back in the day, well, there was no back in the day. Come on, man. It's always changing. Always. <laughs> There was never one thing. Were you? Did you always want to be entrepreneurial and do your own thing, or was that like a afterthought? Um, you know, honestly, I went. Yeah, I went to college, and I think you know, I was raised the whole time. I had two parents who were entrepreneurs, but it never really like came through to me that they own their own businesses. I was just like, okay, they make money, and then I went off, and they were always telling me, you know, go to college, get a good job, and I went, and I I had a good job. I was working, doing stuff with the Red Wings and stuff. I loved my job. It was cool. But again, it was uh, it was working for someone else, and there was uh, limited income there, and only so much control of your time. And that's, I think, uh, probably about four or five years after I was into my career that I was like, okay, that was good, but I think I want a little bit more. So uh, I really didn't I didn't look into it until after I got done with college and all that stuff. I was I was a career man until probably about four or five years ago. So so literally, if you didn't stay up late and see that Than Merrill commercial. You might still be working for the Detroit Tigers or the Red Wings or something like that, right? I, I could, yeah. And I worked for an agency that that handled all that stuff, and they were great. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could still be doing that. So it was a it was a good push, and it, it just a, a positive uh, group of people online and all over the place that can you know kind of motivate you to continue going because 
it's not easy as an entrepreneur, as I'm sure. You, yeah, no, you know, yeah. yeah. There's so, there's definitely been some ups and downs, yeah, right? Yeah, always. Ups <laughs> Depending on the mistakes you make, it could be big ups and big downs. So, yeah. Yep. What is it? Did you liked about? Um, if you don't mind talking about about uh, Fan Merrill's course and the coaching you signed up for. Um, because it sounds like you, for the most part, you're it, like we're giving a positive review that was helpful in general overall, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And we went for, I mean, there's many levels of it. So, you know, certain levels may be more helpful than others. Um, you know, we went pretty high up there, I think, but we had a personal coach that we could talk to uh, on a weekly basis, kind of uh, go aggressively at our business. And when we had questions, ask someone without fearing so much about, you know, sounding like an idiot to your local investors or, or anything like that. Because as you're learning, I mean, everyone's ignorant at some point in time when you're starting to learn. So uh, that's really what it came down for for us was there was a lot of knowledge that I'm big on video learning and online courses. I think I've learned not to downplay the College for Creative Studies because that's a great institution, but yeah. <laughs> I've learned a ton online since yes. then for far less cost. So uh, there's a lot that can be learned online and I'm a big proponent of that. And they had a lot of online, um, I mean, you talk about libraries of documentation on, you know, changes and things that have gone on. I couldn't even watch all the stuff that they've got on there. So uh, it was great. And if you, if you are actively very interested, I think it's a, it's a great program to, to look into. Um, I did not do a whole lot of research before we signed up for it. So I'll also say that. And I also think that some of the stuff that I thought I needed a coach for, I could have just you know opened up to a local investor and gotten that coaching. So if you don't have the money for a coaching program, I wouldn't say your hope is lost at all. No, yeah. no. Do you there's have one of those of time machines though? Yeah. <laughs> I would love, I, I, you know, that there's nothing wrong with taking immediate action, right? That's what you did. You took immediate action. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah. And you know what? They have good sales pitches. They're highly crafted and owned. They are. Yeah. yeah they they know slowly th break it down for you as you get into their process. Too, yeah. So you kind of understand how they sold you on it. And then it gets into kind of a weird understanding. Where it's over two or three days too. They slowly seep in. You're like, Oh yeah. Yes. I like how, I don't know if they did this to you, but um, have you call and raise the limit on your credit cards too, just to show you, you can, we and didn't, then he, we didn't do that. You didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then hit you up at the end, which I always thought was so savage and awesome. What a great sales technique too. Right. Yeah. yeah. From the time you signed up from the course to the time you quit your agency job, how long was that? Um, I want to say we signed up in like, geez, I should have a better, I, I quit in April and I want to say we signed up at the beginning of that year. And we had kind of had some stagnant months and it wasn't until I quit my steady paying job that we started doing deals really. So amazing how that works. Huh? It was, it was necessary, but it was also a huge gamble because at that time I had been kind of moonlighting this website business and it was making like 10 K a year, but that's nothing to live off of. So both of those have been growing side by side, but at the time it was quite a risk. And um, we've also adjusted our, our business can plan a little bit so that we're taking much less pay out of the real estate company and it's all going back towards the company now. So trying to level off that ability to pay bills while I was jumping out was, was tough, I guess, but yeah. yeah. So did you have any savings when you just jumped out there? Do you have any sort of cushion whatsoever? Or just like, fuck it, burn these bridges. I'm doing it. That's pretty much where, I mean, I, I was at the point, I, I mean, I had a girlfriend, but that was about it. I didn't, I didn't have any other commitments other than that. I was renting a house at the time. I was like, what's the worst that could happen? I wouldn't, and I wasn't, you know, I was making okay money, but it wasn't crazy if I wanted to go apply somewhere else in six months, if things went poorly, 
I could have tried to do that, but, um, so you planned failure in advance to a certain extent, right? You sat down and go, okay, <laughs> let's say Zach can't pull this off. Right. Zach just needs to be some sort of creative guy. Um, six months, I could just go back to doing that. No harm, no foul. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can say that I really never planned on doing that. And I, I, I always have a lot of belief in myself, which can be stupid at times, but, um, you know, uh, it, it didn't work out that way, luckily, but that was always a, a fallback if it needed to be there. So um, I actually, and another part of this, not that I want to go back too much, but I had worked as a junior art director at another agency before, and I just gotten, I got a promotion, got transferred agencies, and they laid me off, you know, two months after I got hired. So that was another wake up call to me that it was mm. like, well, I could get laid off at any moment. So I kind of already had that experience when I quit. And I was like, the security is what the security is. It, it seems like job security, but if the company takes a hit, you could be the next to go. So. Oh, yeah. That's so, a big wake-up call, isn't yeah, it? Wait, yeah. I mean, I just, don't just get paychecks every two weeks? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There's a bad economy, all that. So, But you obviously enjoyed your agency job, too. So this was just for the dream, right? You're like, I don't have enough money. Or was it the money about real estate or was it the real estate about real estate or both? Uh, I mean, I think everyone – obviously the HGTV thing that's not realistic. Everyone likes that idea of, you know, fixing up the houses or whatever. And that's what it is. Wait, that's not true. It's not, no, it's just not kidding. true at all. <laughs> no, no. There's no seven foot brothers that come in and fix up your house. No, yeah, oh, man, there's no Santa either. No, no. no. Crushing all my Sorry, dreams. Kids. Sorry to interrupt. Fairy, I had to take the bait. Yeah. Um, but no. So, um, I'm sorry. What was the question going back to, um, yeah, no, I I quite rudely interrupted no, on that, so I had to I, I, I had to take the bait. I can't remember what the damn question was. That's so bad. I took the bait. So, okay. oh well, we'll just blow right on past that one. Right. So, from the time you quit your job and started the business to the time you got your first deal, how long was that time? I want to say about three, four months. Um, oh damn! Yeah, of of doing marketing and consistently trying stuff and. Uh, uh, our first year, we did seven deals off Craigslist. I mean, that was that was huge for us. That was uh, we did not have a lot of money starting out, so you better believe I was on there. And I was, I mean, I got flagged. I don't even know how many times. Had my account removed a few times. Uh, just kept posting away, and uh, you know, I wouldn't say Craigslist is the best form. You get a lot of weird calls from Craigslist, but you're also dealing with someone that called Craigslist to sell their house. So conventional buyer that's looking for top dollar probably isn't doing no so yeah yeah so highly qualified leads when we got them um and we did do some stuff in detroit that we tried to work out uh we always ran into a dirty title so it wasn't that we had a problem but every time we went to go close a deal or we ran the title on the detroit properties that we had gotten it seemed to come back with you know some sort of debt or mortgage tax title a lot of that too. We had someone that was agreeing to sell us a house for 5K and they had an 80K mortgage on their house that they were unaware of on a quick claim deed. So again, it was just unaware of. Yeah. So Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, do I really owe 80 grand? So yes. Try explaining yes, you that do. to someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whose house is really not worth more than 6,500 total. So yeah. Uh, in, the, in the condition that it was in. So, um, so yeah, we, we focused, I think, a little bit more on the Warren areas and, and stuck in those because that seemed to be where the deals were finishing off and following through. But, yeah, where you get paid, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where the reward goes, so does the effort a lot of times. And were you just posting like a I buy houses fast cash kind of thing on uh, Craigslist or do you have some secret sly creative strategy you were using? Um, I do graphics and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know that the graphics were exceptionally 
helpful, but they stood out a little bit. Probably so pictures, use pictures. More professional, yeah. yeah. Some money, some a house, um, you know, keys, dollars. The idea was kind of cash fast, any condition, um, close on your timeline. So uh, we didn't really push. We we can do the you know the thirty day close thing that a lot of people push, but sometimes they want to close a little bit slower. So uh, no commission, thirty days. And, uh, or sorry, on your timeline and all cash was kind of our, our big pitching points. And then, uh, yeah, I 30, 40 posts a day. I mean, shamelessly. Wow. Go back on there, repost different areas all over the place to see what we could do. Yeah. They hate that. I mean, they flagged you all the time, didn't they? they? Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. And, uh, but zero cost per lead. So that's true. Yeah. That's, it's, it's all effort. So do you remember how many calls do, I don't know if you tracked back then, how many calls it took? And how many appointments before you got a Craigslist lead or a contract? Ooh, before we got a con. I mean, uh, it was. I'm just curious. It was unproportional to what our normal calling because uh, we probably got sorry disproportional, unproportional. Um, I want to say like ten calls. I mean, it was it was kind of ridiculous. And then we we've done yellow letters and stuff like that where it takes a hundred calls before anything comes back or, yeah. or whatever. So it wasn't really proportional, but we got. Uh, I can say we had some beginner's luck that first year, I think, because we we did some Craigslist marketing pretty consistently and had some pretty decent return. I haven't seen that since that year, and we've been keeping up that exact plan. So need to tweak it a little bit, but I think it might have been just the year at that point. It was 2013. <laughs> Do you remember your first deal? I, I Absolutely, I remember. I love this. So walk, walk me through. I'm talking start to finish. I love first deal. Quite. That's like my favorite first deal questions, right? It's like your first girl, right? It's your first deal. Yeah, yeah. Walk me through your first deal. So uh my business partner Andrew will remember this fondly as well. We had we had a seller in Warren, and um I believe we put the property under contract for seventeen thousand. Um and uh it was like a three bed, two bath, twelve hundred square feet, needed a lot of work though, it was not in great shape. Um and the guy his his dad had passed away, couldn't handle payments anymore. So he was kind of down on his luck a little bit and just wanted to sell the thing. Um, so we contacted him. We were trying to, you know, running gun through things, calling our coach every 20 seconds. To see if he screwed <laughs> up and he's not responding. So we're just moving forward. Um, and so first mistake we made, we gave the, we gave uh, the gentleman a thousand dollar earnest money deposit. Oops. Yeah. Don't do that. Right to him. Right to him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I have no problem admitting the mistakes. Obviously we'd never do this again, but uh, I think probably two or three days later, he's calling us back wondering when the house is going to close because he ran out of the money that we yep. gave him. Yeah. So that happened real quick. So always put the earnest So it wasn't beer. It was drugs yeah. then. Cause drugs, beer is a thousand dollars. A beer goes a long way. That's, three days is drugs. Yeah. I, I don't make any, uh, Hey man, it's free country. Claims, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was something that he was, he was doing there that was costing him some money. So, yes. um, couldn't get a hold of the guy. Um, at one point, he called us up drunk, asking if we wanted a catfish dinner. <laughs> uh, then threatened. Did you? What did you say? Yes or no? Uh, he was being very, very unreasonable at the time. He wanted more <laughs> money, so we tried to talk about the ledge. No one came over for the catfish dinner. Um, but he was, uh, he was an interesting character. You know, I felt bad for the guy because I understood he was going through some trouble. But at the same time, there's a level of respect that you have to maintain. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so we went through that. Uh, we ended up, um, he finally moved out of that property. Uh, my business partner, Andrew, closed with him, and he had a coffee mug full of Milwaukee's best ice. 
So if that explains how classy this closing was, I don't think anything more. <laughs> I like that you put it in a coffee mug. Yeah, yeah. There's something about that that just makes them endearing. You so, know? Some extra love there was done. So uh, we got that one done. We had a lot of people through there. Uh, we ended up spending about $900 actually um, prehabbing it before we sold it as well. So there was a lot of junk. Interesting. Also, you did so a little clean out. did put money in. So we spent 1900 technically with our earnest money deposit that we really couldn't have gotten back the, had we done the earnest money deposit right. But um, we ended up getting 23 for it, which eight and a half mile and more near Mound. I mean- That's a good price. It's a pretty good, yeah, not not too bad. And uh, for us, I think we made around 7K profit, so maybe it was 24, but- we were on 7K profit on that by the time everything was said and done, I think. and uh, Not a bad first deal. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't couldn't have gone uh, too much worse, I don't think. How did you get him back to the closing table when he disappeared? Sorry. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, we ended up... Uh, <laughs> I got to know. It's funny that you asked. I feel like we talked about this beforehand. You're like queuing me up for it now. Um, yeah. But uh, we actually... It was... Uh, you're seeing Anchorman when they called yeah. Ron Burgundy at the bar. Yeah. Bar called the Alibi in Warren. We had to call the guy to get him to get back in contact. His phone had got dropped in water, actually. I didn't even mention that. And he uh, didn't know that the closing was going down or couldn't, we couldn't get a hold of him. So we ended up calling the bar that he frequented and actually got a hold of him. That there is fucking hilarious, man. So kudos to, to Andrew Ehrman. That's a get I'm it sure done <laughs> attitude right there from Kuba Holmes. Yeah. All right. Uh, what was his favorite bar? Start start calling it. By any you. means necessary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got it done. It was uh, That was an interesting deal, though, for sure. All right. Now, how'd you celebrate your first deal? I think we went out to Royal Oak and grabbed some drinks. Hell yeah. yeah. We definitely had a, we had a celebration after that one was done, and it was, uh, it was exciting. Yeah, getting the first deal down and Split the profits out and gave a little bit back to the company. And then we're like, shoot, we probably should have given all that back to the company. Probably, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the biggest mistake everybody <laughs> makes. When you need money, you need money, though. That's the problem, right? right. Well, and you want to celebrate, too. But, uh, you know, and then when they break it down in those all those seminars, the sale, that's the one thing I would keep in mind. You know, who could use 5000 in their pocket right away? It's like, yeah, but the 5000 that you get in your wholesale profit doesn't go back in your pocket. It goes no. back to your business. Yes. Which eventually... Maybe a retirement plan. So <laughs> it takes a, a lot of marketing, choice. right? So, yeah, yeah. so that first year was every deal you did a Craigslist deal. Um, we had one that we were putting under contract at the end of the year that was off a yellow letter. Uh, but yeah, yeah, mm. and we had done some other marketing too. We had done some bandit signs. Um, I will take full responsibility for buying billboards in December, our first year. Woo! Not a good, not a good use of money. Ooh, that stung. Yeah, well, yeah. And, well, that's and we, you we back. didn't realize how dead because we hadn't really been in the real estate. So yeah. I was kind of getting into it, and I didn't realize it it dies after Thanksgiving. You might as well just put up a white flag. I mean, you can keep doing a little bit of business, but uh, so I'm working back towards that. I don't think it was complete. I think that was a complete waste of money. But I think outdoor can work absolutely. Outdoor digital outdoor was what we were using, so it was rotating on a billboard. But the timing for that was. Uh, was not great i will say that no so don't run uh don't Did- run billboard ads in december <laughs> <laughs> at least for real estate yeah yeah sell diamonds sell christmas presents yeah if you're looking to sell a christmas game, cars that's a great idea yeah, yeah just yeah. it is a bad time to uh it, it, at least i don't know i've had two years where it was crazy but for the most part it does slow down we had a couple of years where we got busy yeah, yeah 2013 was not one of them no it was not no, i don't remember it either so yeah i'm sure we were dominating the marketing at that time <laughs> no one else to think of, but no who one. sold you on getting the billboard was that your idea uh mine because okay. i used to work at the agency we used to do them a lot and i knew i mean a billboard seems like it's a ton of money i think it was like 800 dollars for a few weeks that we ran it as a rotating slot which 
isn't cheap, but it's not can bad. Get one deal off of it, you know, totally pays for itself. Yeah. I was hoping for one deal. We didn't get it. So. <laughs> Use a different number for tracking purposes or a website or at that point it was more, I was still answering the phone. So okay. was, how'd you get our number? All right. Stuff like that. Um, so, well, big question to a lot of people who start businesses, um, pick partners and start with partners. You did something similar. So sure. why, why a partner and why the partner you picked? And I don't want to get you in too much deep shit. So you don't want to answer that second part. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I have actually got two partners right yeah. now. Um, so, uh, Andrew and I started the business and then, uh, we had grown up. Well, we went to middle school together and then I went to a different high school and then we reconnected through a mutual friend. And then we actually played a lot of basketball together. So me and Andrew and then Derek was our third business partner, uh, probably came out a few months afterwards, but was, was a pretty quick addition to our team. And he's a partner as well. Um, and Andrew had some experience with real estate. He's great with numbers. He's a mechanical engineer. So he knows he's very specific, very detail oriented. Uh, I come from a marketing background. So to get the name out there, to, to bring in the leads and all that stuff, it made a lot of natural sense for us to work together. And we got to a point where leads were getting pretty heavy too. Derek has a pretty great sales background and he's, uh, actually going to school for nursing as well. So he's got great uh, temperament with uh, sellers and, and people in general. Um, so we brought him on to help out with acquisitions and um, started doing that. And then we got a little bit more into flips and started kind of redefining roles a little bit um, and started working with project manager and stuff like that. But initially that was kind of where the, the initial uh, I guess need came from. And I also, I just knew them very well and I, I'm not big on doing business with people you just know, but having qualified reasons to do it with them, I guess. So they were, I wouldn't say they were my best friends at the time, but they were good friends that I knew and had experience that I thought was useful to the business. So, so you trusted them. And they had a lot of value basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. The trust thing is huge. Trust yeah. is very big. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been on both sides of that. It's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You definitely want to be on one side and not the other side. So did you guys create a business plan for your first year that you like subscribed and went to, or did you just kind of, shoot from the hip or was it somewhere, somewhere in between? So I get a lot of questions from people like, how do I start all that? And then there's just so many ways to do it. So I'm just going to start asking everybody now. So. Sure. Yeah. 2013, uh, we, and we do a yearly reflection. I remember when we reflected on 2013, the, the motto was run and gun. Uh, and that's really what it was. Uh, we were trying to figure anything out. We were pretty shameless in what we were doing. There were a couple of things that might not have been, the correct way to do things, but we learned while we were doing them that they weren't the correct way. And we learned to avoid those things. So, I mean, I don't think you'll ever, we had a great coaching system behind us and we still made mistakes. So we did well, we didn't have any problems with those. We figured out how to fix the mistakes that we made, but um, I think it was pretty, pretty good, but it was a learning experience for sure for the first year and kind of shameless failure i guess until but we were making money in our failures so i don't want to make them sound bad but it was just uh you know when something went wrong just figure out how to how to move on that's another thing you need in a business partner i think too is someone that's not gonna bend once the whole thing you know needs a little bit of work so yeah well plan survives about 15 minutes of real life right and then you gotta start adjusting the plan about right yeah yeah because the market doesn't give a shit about your plan right and do you have time to rebuild the plan yeah because you're going to probably break that one in about another half hour yeah Yeah, that's 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 it's there's no certainty of this thing so what did you so for 2014 that was really like okay proof of concept 
done. Like we can make money doing this. We didn't even know what we were doing. We made money. And so now we kind of know what we're doing. What did you change and do in 2014? Um, we focused a little bit more on flipping and we focused, uh, we, we kind of got like, I think we got kind of jaded on wholesaling a little bit early where it was like, okay, we've got that down. Let's try flipping and making some bigger profits. And I think that we found out kind of through there, uh, through the appraisal process, through a whole bunch of other mysterious processes that flipping isn't always all it's cracked up to be either. Believe no. me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we uh, focused on that a little bit and um, I think that we might be a year off actually. I think this is 2015 now, so I apologize. We might have started back in 2015. That's all right. But so anyways, um, this was the year that we learned a lot about flipping. Uh, we did some small rehabs. We did some big rehabs. We took on... Um, a big project in Berkeley and a big project in uh, Franklin that were that were joint ventures that we're just kind of getting finished up with now, actually. Um, so um, it, it was an interesting time, and we I think we tried to switch up from our wholesaling gig to increase our profits and do more because we were saying, oh, we're getting these great deals. All we need is a lender in place, and and all the numbers will just fall into place, and it'll all work out. And, uh, you know, we did a few. Uh, we had some successful flips, absolutely, and then we had some that you know didn't go as planned. And we looked back and we said, the time we spent, we should have wholesaled this, maybe. Boom. So yeah. um, that's where we went back, I think, in in 2015 and kind of reevaluated what do we really want our business plan to be. Um, we had also been to a couple conferences uh, out of state and talked to some people and, and realized that our return rates were much better in Michigan than in say New York or California or some of those other places. And that there were some people that were contacting us or, or were possibly interested in buying rental properties in our area. Uh, and we had already obviously had an interest in that cause we'd been picking them up ourselves. So, uh, that became kind of a new interest in, in 2016, I guess. That's one of the great things about Michigan. It's funny. That's what attracted me to Michigan. I'm not from here. Okay. Uh, my wife and I moved here from Washington state for that exact reason. We used cash flow out West, depending on where you're at, unless you want like a, I don't know, mobile home park or some shit like that. <laughs> like it's kind of tight. Like property values are very high. Um, there's a lot of competition investing in real estate, a lot of foreign competition too. A lot of people don't realize you're living in Washington. There's a lot of foreign money, especially California buying up property, and when your little thousand square foot house costs half a million dollars and it rents for $2,200 a month, there's a disconnect between <laughs> the property value and the payment and cash flow. And Michigan's very affordable. Sure. It blew me away when we started looking We're like, oh my God, I cannot believe it. Like you start doing the cash flow and like 15%, 18%, 20% parts of Detroit. If you're got provided you're not a wimp anyway, and you can stand that kind of thing, right? 30 plus percent. Absolutely. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of value to that. Um, sidetrack story. After I lost my ass the first time, how I got myself out of it was I wholesale my first property. I didn't realize it was wholesaling because I had no clue. Okay. The property I put under contract that hadn't closed because there's a title issue. And I put under the property such a good deal that even as the property, the market was crashing, there was still enough equity in it. And I just cold called a list of uh, RIA groups basically across America. And I started with California and I found some guy named Scott who ended up buying it. Made three grand on it. the wholesale without even realizing it was whole, for the same reason in the <laughs> cash flow model. And uh, 
It it's is. amazing. We have, and everybody here I find is very jaded about it, right? They're just so used to it. It's like water. All this fresh drinking water is just, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an amazing resource. I feel the same way. And I think the other thing too, like, like you were saying, one is the, the rent doesn't line up, but you're also able to diversify it. So if your property goes vacant, you could buy four properties here and have three of them, you know, occupied where if you can only afford one property in California or New York and it's, it's not tenanted or it's vacant for some reason, you're losing all that month's cash. Yeah. Your vacancy so. just went to a hundred percent. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Which sucks. Absolutely. <laughs> so you can diversify. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot we like about this market, and uh, and I like being here too because I think it's not – it's almost – there is like so much rep for the picking. It's just finding the funds, and, and we are spoiled for sure. Yeah, I think we're really spoiled. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't realize it. I try to remind myself all the time. We And we also have, I think, one of the more active real estate markets too. Yeah. I mean, we just have a ton of meetings here, a ton of people doing big shit too, which is cool. Yeah. You know, a ton of people just doing stuff all the time, which I love, you know? Yeah. Was it Macomb hasn't even had an auction. They've been selling everything at auction has been going to one, one or two buyers. I think the last few, I mean, they, they won't even hold the auctions, <laughs> which is crazy. If you yeah. think about yeah. it, it's yeah. like, okay, you want to buy them all? Yes. Here you go. <laughs> just take them all. Yeah. Here you go. He's talking about the Macomb tax auction for the people. Uh, yeah. And everybody knows there. So if you're listening at home and about 30% of the people listening right now are actually overseas and out of state okay. buyers. There we go. Or people interested in real estate anyway. So, okay. yeah, at least according to SoundCloud. So, who knows what <laughs> iTunes analytics. Yeah. iTunes doesn't care. It's like they just give you downloads. That's all you get from us. <laughs> ah, okay. No more analytics. Yeah, which is not very useful, um, obviously. So, obviously, if you move this and you've adjusted your model and the responsibilities have adjusted, right? So, there's been a lot of change. Sure. One of the things I sucked at, I had a hard time with, with the partners I had. How do you renegotiate that change? And I guess the bigger question is, because this happens all the time, right? Shit goes wrong. People are messy because we are, right? And me included. <laughs> you don't just have one partner. You have two partners you have to negotiate with. Yep. So without getting yourself in trouble, because they yep. might listen to this, how did you navigate those changes? And I'm sure there were disagreements too, Absolutely. Right? And I think that uh, all three of us have the best overall mind for our company and i think that we're all again a big part of choosing partners i know that i did not pick petty partners that were going to bug with me over little you know we're all very mature and we understand that what's being done is an emotional it's not it's not because i think you're a bad person it's because here's where the dollars make sense for the business and this is what we need to do uh so what you're talking about i mean yeah we we went from an acquisition, um, kind of a numbers and liquidation. Andrew handled more of our liquidation and sales too. Um, and then I was more, you know, marketing. And then all of a sudden you're talking about pulling in a project manager. And a lot of times that's someone that's, that's had experience doing a lot of rehabbing and stuff like that. And, um, part of that, we got into a joint venture with some people to see how they operated, um, and, and trusted their, um, systems and experience a little bit more to, to try to offset that. And then we did a couple on our own. Um, and it was, it was a learning experience and, and it was, it was tough to be um, upset at anyone while they were learning how to be a project manager, because it was one of those things where we really needed someone to learn it and we didn't have someone that, that knew it very well. So uh, I think, I think we all struggled and we all had some arguments as, as any business does, but I don't think that it was anything that ever would come close to breaking us or it was, it was, it's healthy discussion. It's healthy growth, in my opinion, for a company to disagree, make their points known, and then all come back together and 
agree what the path is, but that's really with us. We always have the discussion and we, we all decide on a path and two thirds takes it. And that was going to be my next the question. Third one is, is very good at getting on board. So yeah. I haven't had a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, sad day, third one. Yeah. Yeah. Sad day. <laughs> Unless you're the third one, you're like, shit. And I'll tell you, I what, guess I'm getting on board. I'll go on board. I mean, we, we had a deal in East point this last year and, um, we had a guy that wanted to buy it for 18K on a wholesale. So we would have made 18K on the wholesale. Me, myself, I was all about, I was like, let's just move this. Let's, that's, that's a great wholesale in East Point. We're talking, you know, great money on that. Uh, they had a little bit more foresight than me. We ended up making 35 on it months later by rehabbing it. So, you know, by listening to them, I protected both myself ways. from yeah. losing money. So, yeah, sometimes you think you're right and you're not. And that's that's why it's good to have partners sometimes because you need someone to level off your uh, opinion, I guess. Yeah. So so no pouting afterwards. You take the vote. Is it by vote by text? You got to raise your hand. It was, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we had some discussions about it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and as you can imagine, I mean, after working to find a wholesale buyer, and I got someone, and then they're like. Mm, Let's flip this. Like, there was some, what? There was some yeah. intense discussion. But I have some again, feelings about this I'd like to share with you. <laughs> absolutely. But and then I look back at it and I'm like, it's a good thing you didn't share any of those feelings yeah. out loud. Because, they again, they're absolutely You're right. entirely too reasonable, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. I try to be reasonable. And that's, that's – that's, I try to keep a level head. That's yeah. kind of my biggest thing. And I've noticed is – uh, you know, I'm a contractor when it comes to website design and stuff like that. And I understand that you, everyone's got to be treated with respect and you've got to have a level head about things because what you say to people is one thing, but how you say it is so important and it can be so much more important than what you're saying to them. You can say the meanest things in the nicest ways to someone and, and it's not taken that way because you worded it professionally and you thought about how you were approaching it before, you know. You said it, so. Yeah, I could probably take that advice, take a page out of your book. Uh, yeah, I'm working on it. Sometimes you need some some bluntness, too, though. I, I got I got that in spades, so if you want some help, I can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you help me kind of smooth the edges uh, off. I'll help you with the blunt. I so. sugarcoat too much stuff, probably, but yeah, yeah. I don't but, know. I just remember business, working with partners. Level. It's difficult. Like, partnership is difficult, so. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of failed partnerships, and then there's very few successful ones. I'm always interested. You guys been together for... Three, four, four years? Yeah. yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. And we're we're constantly growing. Like I I feel like everyone's on the same page as far as our goal, which is building the business and we we've gotta react to what's going on around us and, and continue to go. But I think we're all in it for the long haul, so I don't think anyone's dropping out soon. <laughs> well, systems wise, I'm curious about some of your systems too, and obviously don't give away any trade secrets or anything else like that, right? But to get deals, you need leads, right? Absolutely. How are you guys generating your leads? Our leads. Um, I hate to be kind of the traditional. Uh, we do a lot of banded signs. We do the yellow letters. Uh, we've done some postcards. We've done some billboards that weren't very successful. <laughs> um, we have done uh, cold calling on probate. That gets some mixed reviews sometimes. Haven't had a deal come off that yet. We've had some stuff that you know could have panned out. I think uh, we we do letters to probate lists, so we drill through the legal news and all that stuff as well. Um, I do a lot of Craigslist marketing and going out on other sites online and just kind of putting our name out there and a lot of scouring too for looking for stuff because sometimes the deal comes to you. Sometimes you can find the deal. It's just sitting out there that someone posted on Craigslist or on 
FSBO or whatever. So you're proactive too. So you have marketing and then you guys are prospecting. Absolutely. And uh, Andrew and I are both on the board, not to plug Rhea of Oakland, but uh, absolutely no good Rhea, um, which is uh, in Madison Heights club Venetian. uh, We're on that board as well. Um, So, you know, getting out there, getting your name out there, networking, letting people know that you're there because a lot of times there's a deal. They just don't know who to go to. And uh, there's a lot of people with their first deal who, if you've done five or six deals, you're a huge asset to them because they are still in the dark as to how to how to do that, how to get the assignment contract signed and all that stuff. So um, yeah, we're all different spots in life, right? Absolutely. Yep, yeah. Yep. What would you say on the marketing side for 2016 was your best return on investment? Um. 2016 was not a big marketing year. And I hate to say that because it's a, it's like a death sentence for a bit. We, I was focusing very much on a project that we had. We had three rehabs going on for us. So we actually just closed on it yesterday. Um, but more or less 2016 for us was we, we all had projects that we were looking at and managing. And it was one of those years where I wanted to market, but if we had brought anything else in, I felt like we would be kind of tapping ourselves out a bit with our You're ability. very disciplined with your approach to these things. It's not, it wasn't good though. I don't think, don't I mean, think we, so? we pulled in, well, uh, to give you one example, I mean, I was still doing my Craigslist marketing and we brought in a 16 K wholesale off a of Craigslist that was in Royal Oak. So uh, always I go back to in my head. I'm like, okay, so you think you're busy, but how long does it really take to do that wholesale in the scheme of all the other stuff that you're doing with everything else? So, um, you know, I was paying attention to the marketing, but it was not as much of a focus in 2016, 2015. It was, it was much more of a focus and we had a lot more success. Uh, and yeah, what was your greatest return on investment in 2015? It's always going to be Craigslist because there's no investment. Um, and I hate to keep saying that because it's not like there's a wealth of second best then. Yeah. Second best. Uh, I would have to say yellow letters. I mean, okay. we had, um, we did some probate yellow letters, some absentee owners with 90% equity, uh, that we pulled from like list source or something like that. And uh, I think my partner Derek was going through the MLS and was searching for people too, from the acquisition standpoint that, uh, you know, he had realized that a lot of people from 2008 that had purchased properties at like the crash have equity, they have equity and they a really, shit ton of equity. They don't care. They don't, I mean, they just want the thing sold. They're happy to part with it for less than it's really worth. They didn't fix it up. They know they made 30 K for who knows what reason. Cause they sat in the house for a few years and, and they don't want to fix it up. So um, he was doing good at that. Um, and actually, our East Point lead had come in uh, through him reaching out to a person at a thrift shop who handles estate sales and stuff like that. And he kind of just said, you know, just so you know, we handle real estate investing. And the lady had heard about, you know, someone that was doing an estate sale and uh, passed the information on to him. And he contacted, I mean, you want to talk about a private lead that no one else has. That's that's, I mean, that was the one that turned us 35K over in East Point. Ooh, so, good day. Yeah, yeah. And applause to, to Derek. Good job, um, Derek. <laughs> um, You're and, now the new favorite partner. Right. <laughs> then uh, Andrew went, yeah, we, I mean, we went back and I think that was sold within four days we had it under contract, just off going on uh, Zillow and stuff like that. So, uh, no cost marketing there. And uh, Andrew handled that rehab. It was, I mean, it was, it was a very successful project. So we had some really successful, we had three deals last year. The one is going to be closing in February, but if you take away the joint ventures that we were working on, we made about 74 K last year in three different deals. So not bad. One wholesale, two flips wasn't bad. No. And I like that better than seven wholesales for, for 20 K. 
and I like it much more than whatever the flips were that we were doing before and, and was bringing in less income. So um, that's kind of where we're at now is, is lower end flips and going into rental properties too. So yeah, it's a cool thing. I'm interested in the prospecting guys are doing too. So you cold call some probate lists. Yep. Um, you obviously you scour the MLS and the, um, and Craigslist. What else do you do that's proactive to get leads and find deals? Proactive. Uh, we've got FISBO going to networking groups, uh, can be huge. That's, that's one of the bigger ones that I'm pushing. Um, I can maybe recommend one. You might be able to recommend <laughs> at I least, get out to at least the, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta get out to that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like I mean, there's always room for improvement. That's kind of what my goal is. I, I'm i in a spot where we just finished up this house literally yesterday, and I'm ready to like hit it full force this yeah, year. Time so for a beer and a steak. And- I'm look, well, the beer and a steak and a replan for this year. <laughs> I'm ready to go full, full-blown marketing, much less project management than what I was doing, and really focus on bringing in leads, which is what I'm really good at. Um, you know, I can do project management, but I'm sure we can find someone who's better at that and knows more about the ins and outs of houses than I do. Um, so flexing our strengths, I think this year is going to be kind of our, our theme. I'm hoping. As we go. Yeah. We were talking earlier before we got started that there were some new plans. Uh, obviously don't give away everything, but what are some of the new plans you have? Plans. Yeah. yeah. So you're going after a new market, doing something different. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Let's we talk did, about uh, it. One of our joint ventures was a, was a bigger project, a much higher price point and uh, you know, didn't go quite as planned and, uh, so we decided to steer clear of the higher price point. We realized there was a lot in that price point that we didn't understand from a finishing standpoint, both from not growing up in those houses or understanding what the, the expenses are on those finishes. And then we ran into some things too. So, the, I mean, the house turned out great, but it was much more expensive than we had initially thought. Um, so we found that, you know, I think flips under 200K and an ARV under 200K um, and and rental properties are great for us. And what we're focusing on is, uh, you know, putting together a quality product that, you know, has reasonably priced finishes. And then um, with a lot of our stuff lately, we've been putting together rental properties that are cash flowing. And then we're looking at moving those to either out of state investors or uh, local investors who uh, I like to say, it's kind of like when you buy, you can buy the seeds or you can buy the plant that's already like started to grow, you know, so we'll put, we'll put the, yeah, it's like a transplant. You're, yeah. Yeah. There you go. yeah. So I got a transplant rental for you, exactly. sir or ma'am. Yeah. yeah. So these things are cash flowing for us now. Um, but you know, the, the, the profit on them is okay for us that we're willing to sell them and then move on to another one. There's, there's plenty of them out there that we can find to continue to, to do another deal if we free up that capital. So, uh, we're happy to put together a property, put a tenant in place, put, um, you know, property management in place and then sell it off as a cash flowing rental with a tenant in place to either an out of state investor or a local investor that's doesn't really know what to look for to get started. So. They're kind of pre-tested, pre-certified by us, I guess. But. <laughs> yeah, and you got records and all that. What is there kind of like a return you're trying to hit for these investors, or yeah. like a? Uh, we're we're usually trying to do uh, around fifteen percent return. Uh, I mean, a minimum for us is two hundred dollars in cash flow uh, when we pick these things up. So uh, obviously, we've got uh, a small mortgage attached to those usually as well, a private mortgage. So. If, uh, if you're a cash buyer, that cash flow will go up a significant amount if you don't have a mortgage attached. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of our 15% and uh, 200. We don't do a lot in the city of Detroit. Uh, not that we'd be opposed to it, but we just haven't uh, found our niche down there yet, I guess. And we've run into some issues 
on some of the other deals. But uh, we work in Warren, East Point, kind of the bubble cities around Detroit. And uh, they've got some great return. Uh, they're not bad neighborhoods. I, I grew up in a lot of those neighborhoods, hang out with people in those. Uh, Andrew and Derek both grew up at Nine Mile and Woodward in Ferndale near the Hazel Park border there. I mean, it might not be at the ideal area, but it's definitely – nothing to scoff at and it's got some great income so yeah we can't all live in birmingham right exactly yeah yeah and there's a lot of people who if you make a nice house in that neighborhood are so happy that that someone has done that because there are some some of the rentals in there are not very desirable as well so putting a little bit of care into those areas is is good and does a lot of good for those families too so Mm. that sounds like a bright future there how long do you think before you're clicking on that one uh, full speed. I know it's going to take a minute because you just finished. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, we've got them all tested out. Obviously we're comfortable with moving them because they're working for us. Uh, we're, we're just working on finding the buyers at this point. That, Somebody wanted to buy one. How would they, what should they do? Uh, so how would they reach website you? And check out our turnkey rentals tab. There you go. So kubohomes.com. Kubohomes.com. Uh, there's a turnkey rentals tab on there. You can go on there. It'll break down the ROI. Uh, the insurance and I don't know if it's got the insurance, but it'll give you a breakdown of the cash flow, uh, what the units are. Uh, we've got a duplex in Warren right now that we've got up for sale. We've got uh, property in Fraser we've got for sale. We've got a property in Roseville that's for sale. Uh, all those are cash flowing uh, with, the, with the numbers that I discussed at least. Um, there's maybe one. One might be more closer to nine percent uh, ROI, but um, that's in Fraser, and the cash flow is still there. So yeah, the cash flow is the big thing to us, I guess. And then uh, ROI goes up considerably in cities like Warren and Detroit, where the total purchase for the house is around thirty k or something like that, or whatever. Yeah, it's um, crazy for your down payment on your house in California or New York. You could buy a rental, you know, yeah. cash. Exactly. Cash is boom. Maybe too, if they make you put twenty percent down, you yeah, know. I'm trying to think. I'll pull up real quick. <laughs> let me get the let me get the actual numbers on one of these real yeah, quick. Yeah, we'll we'll um, do one live. And while you're doing that, how'd you come up with the name and this could just be a short answer, Kubo Homes. Kubo Homes. Um so Kubo Homes uh, Kubo is a Tagalog word. Uh my business partner is Filipino. Yeah. Uh and it means hut. So we thought that was cool. Um from a marketing standpoint as well. I didn't want to go like we had pushed up, you know, Michigan home buyers, things like that. And it was like if someone searches on Google for Michigan home buyers, that is so well trodden space, so much competition to get in there. It's very tough. So we went with a word that was more like Yahoo, more like Google, more like kind of a made up word. So we knew that at least people who were looking for our company would be able to find our company pretty easily. If we're, I was concerned about, you know, Michigan home buyers that then someone finds, Michigan real estate investor, I mean, some other company that's got a similar name and then they start, it's just tougher to get name recognition. So harder to get the, in the standings too, for your, you know, if you're trying to do all that space and show up on the first page of Google too. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid the, avoid the competition and the name. That's, that's pretty smart. So you went with a blue water strategy. Like, ah, we're just going to go out over here where there's nobody. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And it was kind of a made up name when people hear it, they kind of like it. It's it's sticky, I think. It's simple to remember. Um, and we always get the question, where did it come from? So. That's, yeah. It's not <laughs> it's a bad a question. Oh, well, I knew there was probably some. There was something to it. I, I highly suspected. So Yeah. Um, we did have a, a roommate that used to work at the Royal Kubo back in Clawson, which was a bar that closed down, which is somewhat an homage to that, I guess. Too, <laughs> but, but really more of the other half of it. So. Um, 
But yeah, so we've got one in Roseville right now um, for sixty three thousand. It's a three bed, one bath, eleven hundred square feet. It's rented out at eight fifty a month. Uh, take away taxes and insurance, you're looking at about six seventy two a month. So easily you can fit a mortgage in there. Thirteen um, percent ROI on that. We've got one in Fraser for ninety seven thousand. Uh, three bed, one bath, eleven thirty two square feet. That's rented out at ten eighty a month. Uh, cash flow on that is about seven forty two a month. So ROI is nine percent. But we're spoiled. Plenty. Yeah. Again, like these numbers are silly. Yeah, if you're we're spoiled. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a duplex in Warren, seventy one k. There's two units. It rents for eleven hundred uh, five fifty a unit. They're both rented out. Fifteen percent ROI on that. And we're talking about eight eighty seven a month cash flow on that. I mean, that's it's silly. <laughs> like. Yeah. So we've got a great rental market. That's all I can say. And I think for us, the long-term play is rentals, replace our income, retire on on rental properties eventually. So long-term, that's the goal, but not quite this year. <laughs> well, you also have something that you've done the whole time, but you are pushing more this year, this, uh, you, this website business that you're kind of oh. like – I know you've been doing it for a while, but yeah. it feels like you just birthed it more recently, like the end of last year new marketing new thing i've noticed you post more anyway maybe yeah, i'm wrong yeah right absolutely let's talk about that a little bit too yeah so coming uh, i guess uh especially if you're an entrepreneur and you only own your own businesses uh when one of your business adjusts your other business has to adjust as well uh so we made a, a conscious decision with our company inside kubo uh to really make a concerted effort to reinvest in the company and not take any of that income for ourselves um, which is good, but it also leads to some issues with income and, and how you pay your bills and stuff like that. So yeah, DT doesn't give a shit that you're reinvesting no, your money back in your company. Too bad. That doesn't really matter. Um, so I, I kind of started pushing it. Um, and I think at first I was a little bit more, uh, reluctant about it because we had started real estate and I was like, let's just do this full time. And uh, then I was getting back into the web design thing, and I was like, this feels like I'm taking a step backwards, kind of. And it, it really was not in any, any way, shape, or form. Um, and I remembered very heavily why when I got out of the uh, agency business, agencies are great, don't get me wrong, but they were. it was all about spending like someone had a budget that year, and you had to spend that budget. You know, We'd figure out different ways to spend the budget, but I didn't feel like there was – as much tracking and results and, and seeing how things went. It was bigger companies that uh, were already off and running. So uh, I wanted to work with smaller companies and see what, what actually built the business. You know, you can do 30 print ads, but if you don't see the data behind it, what, what does it matter? You know, I don't, it doesn't matter if I win an award for doing a creative ad, if it didn't move the arrow for the company at all. So uh, I got much more interested in that and um, it, it's become interesting uh, to help people grow their business very much. Um, and it's become kind of a passion of mine over the last two years more than ever. Um, and then also taking those practices and looking at how we can apply them to our business because uh, I'm constantly studying new ways to market. Uh, Facebook is huge now that I've been looking into uh, doing a lot of Facebook retargeting, uh, which is, you know, when you go to Home Depot and you find the the washer that you want, and then it follows you around for like 30 days on yes. different websites. Yeah, that's retargeting. Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of that. Um, and, and I've really been pushing a lot more um, because obviously I do need, you know, my income to be coming in. But I'd also, you know, there's no reason not to be growing two businesses if you can. Uh, real estate is is a great venue, and we do everything that we can on that side. But um, 
the reality is that we, if you're trying to run two businesses at once, something's got to produce some income. So, um, that's really been what's what's been feeding the family, and then we've been uh, reinvesting the money from real estate back into real estate. But um, yeah, it, it's great for me because I like working with a small business owner who's got an idea, who's got a sauce, who's got a even a, a lawyer. I mean, anyone that just needs some some search engine recognition or to be able to be found on Google. I mean, it's very basic stuff, but for a lot of small business owners, it's it can be huge for them and and. Uh, it's just, I don't know, feels a lot better at the end of the day. Yeah, the yellow pages of the world is now www. And you got to do some work to show up. You used to be able to just give yellow pages the money. Do you want a half ad? You want a half page? You want a full page? You want you want to be on the front cover? Right. Now it's way more complicated, but significantly cheaper, though, too. Yep. yep. By comparison, anyway. You can also waste a lot of money if you don't know what you're yes. doing, too. I, I've seen, yeah. And. Yellow pages is one of my not to down not to downplay yellow pages, but I can't tell you how many people I get that call me who are spending three hundred dollars a month on yellow pages, and I'm like, let me give you a hundred different ways we could use that money that would be more way better. Yeah, I mean, good on yellow pages for their hustle, right? Right. But there's better ways to invest that money. How many leads are you pulling in off that? Yeah. So um, they got my neighbor. He has a um, appliance repair business. Okay. He told me after he signed the three year long contract, I'm like, man, I wish you wouldn't have done that. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. enough you don't to make you cry. Contracts. Yeah, I mean, maybe you need to. Yeah, that's why you need to sign a three-year contract. Yeah, <laughs> it's not gonna be worth it in a month. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get them to commit forever. Yeah, yeah. give me your firstborn. Okay, now <laughs> you're committed, right? Now we we put enough on there that yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a creative rocket ship. So you you help people with building a website, right? And then ancillary services, making sure they show up, right? So like some sort of SEO. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Let's walk through what you do because yeah. I'm not very good at this shit. So I'm not going to do you any justice. You're going to have to do this yourself. <laughs> no, that's good. And actually, this is what I mean. I went to school for um, advertising design at the College for Creative Studies. Um, and there was graphic design there. And then there was advertising design. And um, the advertising design was a little bit more focusing on the concept behind how you sell a company and and who you are and you know how you present yourself to the public and what kind of creative ideas you can come up with to um, you know, share those ideas. So I don't know if you remember any of the Red Wings commercials where they were like cleaning up the Joe Lewis or, um, trying to think they were playing street hockey. I haven't watched TV in like since I was 13. So I'm the wrong guy to ask. No, I'm not. But you know, um, obviously we were selling Red Wings tickets. Our idea was that they were cleaning up the Joe before the guys came. And the whole thing was, you know, the, at the Joe, we like to make sure that everything's ready and we like to take care of our opponents until the puck drops. And then it cuts to game footage and people are checking the <laughs> shit out of each other. You know, so coming up with kind of that cool, funny idea of what that is, that was kind of what I studied in college. Um, and, you know, learned graphic design and stuff like that. So I can do logos, postcards, all that stuff. Uh, worked at some agencies, learned how to set everything up so that a printer prints everything out correctly and you don't get a weird ink color or something like that. So, all the kind of formal processes there. And then um, online for probably about $500 a year, I learned how to do web design, um, which complements web development. So I already knew the design side, uh, but I need to learn how to code the websites. So I started learning how to code the websites because I got a lot of clients calling, wanting websites, and I couldn't just sell them a logo because they wanted the website with it. Uh, so I kind of went on and learned that stuff, and that was probably about – six or seven years ago that I started even doing that. Um, and since then, I mean, I've, I've grown a lot 
in that space and focused on that. And uh, how'd you teach yourself how to code? Is great coding code, for uh, morons? Great, or? great website to check out for anyone who's looking to do uh, website or design work uh, on an affordable. I think it's four seventy five a year. Uh, is lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com. Hmm. And it'll teach you the software. Um, I'm not going to – I think I had a huge leg up, and I can't really value the amount of education I got from design-wise at, at the College for Creative Studies because if I just knew how to program websites and didn't know how to design the way I do, I don't think that those would be nearly as powerful of a business because there's people who just develop websites and they don't really have the eye for design, and that's still tough to bring in business that way. But I think the combination of those two has put together a pretty decent portfolio for us. Uh, if anyone wants to check out the website, but um, yeah, we worked with Leo's Coney Island. We're working with the big salad, which is a relatively decent size, uh growing franchise around here. Um, I worked with a lot of very, did small they contact places. you or did you contact them? Contacted me. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, I got postcard pay-per-click. How'd they find you? Um, a couple of those guys, sorry, uh, through referrals for those okay. two, actually. I knew some people that were working my favorite in the world. Right? The referral, yeah. that's like free yeah. business. You did business so well, we'll give you business. It's the network. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's when people don't think that you're making money for shaking hands and knowing people. So yeah. Um, well, and doing a good job. Otherwise you don't get that referral, that's, that's right? True. Otherwise right. we get, okay, he's a nice guy, but don't go with it. You know? yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, they came from referrals. Um, I've been, you know, looking at Facebook marketing. I've been bumping that up. I've got probably about five or six leads coming in a month off of that now. Um, and just constantly refining, sorry, not five or six leads, five or six conversions off of the leads. So that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you can bring in, I think I'm spending about 300 bucks there. That's damn good yeah, then. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're looking pretty good. That's that. a good ROI. It doesn't yeah. even matter what you're making. I can tell it's a good ROI. <laughs> you can yeah. figure that out. The numbers there will make sense. Yeah. So, uh, it's great. And I love it because when someone spends money with me, they build, they make the money back and they get more money. So like if I'm doing my job right, they're actually making money. There's no, it's it's very similar to investing. Why I love working with a private money lender. You know, if I do, I'm doing my job, right. You're just making money off of us doing work. And that's, you know, that that's great. So um, that's the kind of relationship that I like to have with clients. Not you owe me this much because I did this service. <laughs> well, Leo's Coney is kind of big too. I mean, I know they're regional, but still kind of big. You know? Yeah, and I work with a franchise owner there, yeah. not the full, not brand, the full not one. Okay, one, but uh, he's got two locations. He's looking at going bigger, and um, you know, having Leo's Coney Island on the site has probably brought in, yeah, a ton more clients. Than Hell yeah, name recognition. So absolutely, uh, that that absolutely helps our marketing as well. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, man systems do you guys have a crm or how do you track your leads and how do you track your marketing system yeah um so tracking our marketing we do mostly through excel or google a shared google sheet because uh, that's not real complicated some simple math usually where did it come from did we convert it how much was the cost on that campaign um, and then breaking down the numbers on cost per lead and cost per conversion uh, we use RealFlow for our crm uh, which is uh, pretty intense platform i think it's it's very good for us uh to get started probably not necessary um but it's good it's got all of our stuff in there i can blast out to our buyers whenever i want with some stuff um so so that's what we use i guess as far as systems go um we were using a system called niche builder for a little bit but we actually moved away from that because it was kind of supplementing something that i could do personally so uh, we moved away from that but uh I haven't used RealFlow in years. How much is that a month? 
I think we're paying like ninety nine a month for it. That's not bad. No, I mean that's pretty affordable. Yeah, yeah, that's very affordable. And I'm sure if we stuck the screws to them, they would give us a give you a discount. a discounted <laughs> intro. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we don't unsubscribe. But yeah, no, that's bad. I think I pay like sixty five bucks a month per user for Zoho. So. Okay. I mean, that's pretty comparable, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and we all have access, all three of us do. So yeah, that's a pretty good deal then. That's yeah. Too bad. That's an excellent deal. Now, yeah. I'm not sure we may have gotten a discount on that because of our coaching program, but I'm not sure what that was exactly. So, well, that wasn't really a discount then, was it? You bought in. Right. Right. You, <laughs> Saving money on a second product. Yeah. For, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's Cause the marketing spiral. It that's works. Right. It works. Though. It almost worked on me. I'm like, wait a second. You bought into <laughs> that. Yeah. That was a good paycheck you paid to get that discount. So, yeah. I used real flow for a little while in, um, 2010 it was actually really cool. I ended okay. up canceling it cause I got sued and all that shit happening. I don't need a, don't need it then, you know, <laughs> don't, yeah, I don't need any of that right now. So what do you think the future holds for Zach and, uh, Cuba homes? Um, uh, I think that we'll be, we'll be busy this year. I think, uh, 20, 2016, I think was a little bit, from a profit standpoint, not really a bad year, but from a project standpoint and from a marketing and lead standpoint, a slower year. Um, and uh, from a company organization standpoint, it was uh, it was a learning year a little bit. So I think we're going to go back to our roots a little bit more this year. Uh, I think we'll be, you'll be seeing a lot more wholesales from us, a lot more rental properties put together that are ready to go uh, with the cash flowing uh, tenant in place. And, uh, you know, we're always looking at those, uh, little, little flips too. So anything 200 K or less, that's got me. I was going to say right now, I got about a thousand people who listen, you might regret this, but if you're looking to buy something, what are you looking to buy? Oh, we, you know, we're closing on our Ferndale property. So we won't have well one rental property that we're fixing up after that. And so, we're, yeah, we'd be looking, uh, we've got lenders that we've worked with before that we've, we've got plenty of funds available if we need it. Um, you know, Oakland County is good. Uh, I live out in Macomb near Washington Township, so Sterling Heights I'll definitely look at. Shelby Township I'll definitely look at. As long as as long as the market's moving, I got a call on something six hundred square foot property out in Linden today, Linden, Michigan. It's got lake access, two bedroom on a cross. So things like that that are off kind of. That's off a little weird, path. yeah. Yeah, but Macomb and Oakland we're pretty open to, and uh, my business partners are actually out in the Westland area. So uh, anything out there. We'd be willing to check out as well, um, but we're trying to keep the ARV 200k or under. I think. Okay, so no, no big, no big, huge projects. Keep it under 200k. Not for right now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna slowly build that up, and then maybe we'll try that again in a, a few years uh, once we have a little bit more handle on how much the materials are and, and all that goes along with it. So yeah, no, I think I think it's a good time for that kind of market. A lot of people are are kind of ratcheting down too. I noticed they want to stay at that kind of. Either that first time home buyer or maybe that second home upgrade. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going from the eighty thousand to the hundred and eighty thousand, or maybe they're just jumping right in at the hundred and fifty thousand mark, you know? Yep, yep. There's a lot more of those than there are the others. So Absolutely. And uh I was at a RIA a little bit ago and someone I mean made a, just a great point. There's how many people building two million dollar houses in Birmingham right now? A lot. There aren't that many two million dollar buyers in Michigan yeah. to purchase those houses. So regardless of what the ARB is saying, you still got to find a buyer. And if you're competing with a property that's overfinished, you're not going to, I mean, it, it's a tough market in that, in that higher end too, because you could be sitting for a while. Very competitive. Yeah. yeah. 
Might be a couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very factor that in your holding costs. Yeah. Yeah. With Birmingham property tax, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the massive uh, loan that those, those come along with as well. So yeah. Yeah. Even if it, even at a good interest rate. Yeah. They eat you alive. Yeah. 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 Well, the next segment, and this is one of my favorite segments. I'm always, I always like this, right? So obviously I know Than Merrill that helped you out a lot, right? We can talk about that too, but if there's any books, podcasts, seminars, whatever success habits, you do something the same way every morning or, or you have a, a way you do your schedule or whatever, anything like that that you think was helpful to you, um, that you'd like to share. I'd appreciate it, man. That's sure. my favorite part. Um, big things that I did, uh, small things that I did that I think made big impacts. I stopped drinking soda for the most part. And I'm working on that again, getting back to that this year. Towards the end of 2016, we fell off. But drinking a gallon of water a day has kept me immensely more alert than than you would think. Um, gives me way more energy than the Red Bulls or Mountain Dews that I was trying to drink in the middle of the day to get energy. Um, so definitely kind of a turn towards healthier eating. Um, and I've been going back to the gym. So uh, getting to the gym three or four days a week is very important to me. Um and in order to do that with a new baby, you know, uh, the other thing that I do every day is I try to do time blocking. Uh, so I have an Excel sheet and uh, really I try to do it weekly before I start my week. And it helps my brain have less concern throughout the week because I look at all my tasks for the week and I start laying them out through days and put them in the hours that I'm going to do them just on an Excel spreadsheet, you break down one hour at a time and put a task in there, whatever you're doing. Um, and then it, it just helps me because I know I've got all this stuff to do, but I also know there's a preset time when I'm going to do it and it's going to get done before it's timeline because I'm one of those people that if I just let 50, 60 tasks pile up, I stop functioning because I don't know which one to do first. And then at best, I'm doing them out of the best order possible. You know, I'm just kind of running to get the fastest ones done quickest so that I can say I got a lot done when the big ones are the ones that really need to get done. So do you mind sharing kind of how you time block your days and like an example? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just whatever. And I know, I know it changes every week too. I'm just. Yep. And some days it's more full than others, you know? Um, and that's when I know the blank spots are um, where you need to fill up your time. So, I mean, I'm ridiculous. I mean, I've got sleep. I do the same thing. Until, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a call scheduled and then I've got three slots kind of per hour to fill in a task, anything more than three tasks in an hour. I feel like I'm probably not doing that task effectively, but um, try to work these in. And then if I've got some blank spaces, I know that's time to read a book. That's time to work on building business. That's time to uh, work within the business. Or if I'm being smarter, I'm planning time to work within the business on a specific task ahead of time so that I don't really have any blank time. Yeah, so Ideally, you know. there is no blank time. So do you do this on Sunday or what day of the week do you do it on? I try to on? do it on Sunday uh, with, with the baby. It's it's come sometimes more day to day, the day before, the day, the next day. And the other thing with running your own business is that not everything goes to plan. Every yeah, day. Well, Your just, clients don't always get back to you like they say they're going to or whatever. So uh, things have to change a little bit and move around. But but if you have a method to it, it's a lot. It keeps my mind at ease a little bit more um, than having just a million things to do. So. But basically at the beginning of every week, you know – at least for 80% of what you're going to do, what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. When it's going to be done. Yep. Yeah. And you create space and time for all that. Right. Yeah. So, that's the key. I think 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was huge for me because uh, I didn't accomplish nearly as much. And if I don't time block, I know for a fact I'm not. Like if I if I go black and time block my week after I went through it versus before, it's kind of sad to look at what I did that week. I'm like, okay, so I think we played a, a phone game for an hour here and then maybe – yeah, I did get we my goals Law done. We watched Order SVU instead of studying more code. Yeah, so not like, a lot of real estate yeah, net is there. Yeah, not not what should have been done here. Yeah, so uh, it, it it helps keep me on track, and it makes you feel guilty when you do things that you shouldn't be doing too, which is always a good personal check. I think. <laughs> I think so. Do you guys? Do you and your partners hold each other accountable in some way, shape, or form, or do you share it? Or yeah, we do. Um, we we had kind of a company time blocking thing, but that wasn't really working out i think it was better for everyone to time block their stuff separately and then check in and we we have a monthly meeting on sunday nights or sorry weekly meeting on sunday nights uh to kind of go over what's going on for the next week and, and a plan for that week and if there are rehabs what needs to be done uh, if it's a slow week sometimes we'll just do a you know quick email or a text to explain what happened or whatever but i i'm a big proponent of getting on the phone every week and having a call if it's for nothing more than discussing and creating uh you know morale within the company to continue to work hard that week because if you go three or four weeks without a meeting morale starts to die off and stuff like that so uh yeah do you guys have an agenda too that you do ahead of time or a format that you follow every time yes and i can because i hate meetings because they never go with the way it's supposed to you're andrew in our business am i okay yeah andrew and he's he's great he's uh when when hey andrew you're welcome (laughs) thank you when he speaks he he's very pointed and he makes some good points um derek and i and you're probably getting from the podcast. I like to, I mean, we'll talk and I get that from my mother, which is a sad thing, but <laughs> sometimes I look back and I'm like, Oh man. But, uh, Derek and I like to talk and we like to analyze all the angles and Andrew is definitely more of a, you know, let's just make the decision quickly. Andrew, um, you're on my page. I like that. Yeah, let's just do yeah. it. We've been talking about it for 30 seconds now. Let's do something. So he's a big proponent of agendas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we do agendas and, uh, that's, is it time to like, you, Oh, we got, we try to do that. Yeah. All right. The issue is cutting someone off when the time goes over, I guess, always. Right. But, um, Andrew's not as good at that. Come on, Andrew, step up your head game. No, he, he he's good. At it. it just becomes whether it's offensive to the other. My feelings are hurt. No. So I think that our, our company works, uh, very well there, but Andrew is definitely, um, he, he likes meeting, but he does like there to be a, a point to it. Yes. I will, I will discuss things for a little while because I'm more of a creative, but, um, it doesn't always, I mean, I wouldn't argue that it's always the most productive time. So. Well, I don't like meetings, but if I have to go to one, I want to know what's going to happen and when I can get the fuck out. That's yeah, yeah. See, the Andrew, important thing. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand it completely too. And I got to check myself because regardless of how I feel, that's not the way you can't just do business how you want to do business. So I don't know why <laughs> just meeting. I'm fine. You want to get together and shoot the shit for hours. Totally cool with that. Want to have a meeting? No. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Do you have an agenda? This thing's going 15 minutes and not a minute longer. I got shit to do, right? Sure, sure. And I, I will say, too, in Andrew's defense, he was a dad before before I was. So uh, I think he had restraints on his time that Absolutely, he was probably looking yeah. at. Like, I don't have time to talk for, with you guys for two hours on the phone when I got a son that wants to. Which, by the way, congratulations. You now have a mini-me, right? Thank you. Absolutely. How's that going? Yeah. Good. Uh, Cute as a button. Yeah, tripling in size. Yeah, most people's babies are ugly. Yours is pretty good. So, yeah. <laughs> Good looking Thank you baby. For saying that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he's got his Kubo Holmes onesie. He's uh he's already starting to go. We're looking at analyzing some deals. So 
Yes. When do you put him on the phones? Year yeah. two? No. <laughs> we'll get him. Yeah, he'll give us uh, as soon as he can say his first word. We'll just say sold. I don't know. Yeah. Buy. Buy or sell. Cash so, fast. Yeah, we'll work on that. Yeah, one of them. That'd be great. We'll work on some my dad buys houses yeah. campaign. Your girlfriend'd be like, What really? <laughs> Tell him sell first. Yeah. I can't eat unless my dad no. <laughs> We'll get real emotional. Shamelessly use your child in marketing. Yeah. Why else have them? No, I'm just kidding, folks. Kinda. It's a good sell. tax right now. You can pay your kid a lot to be in your house. There it is. <laughs> What about, uh, you, is there any books or anything else? Cause I interrupted you like 10,000 times. So. No, you're okay. Um, I do that a lot. I read the, the E-Myth I read. Um, I was working on scaling up and a couple other ones. I'm not a good, re- I <laughs> sounds stupid to say I'm not a good reader. Uh, I don't read as much as I should. I do a lot more, uh, video stuff. I like what about to watch. YouTube's? Ted, I mean, Ted, yeah. Ted talks. I love to watch. Um, and I love to watch, you know, motivational speakers. I, I get a lot out of motivational speakers and, uh, and move on to do things, uh, the four hour work. Week What's your really go-to good. motivation video? Like Monday mm-hmm. comes, 10, you've 000, already got it planned out. It's called 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours. And the, and the guy talks. And it's That's more. a Ted talk, isn't it? Uh, it might've been a lot of people reference the 10,000 hours, which is, yeah, it takes 10,000 hours to master your craft. Essentially. Do you have this link? Uh, you don't have to give it to me now, but like on the you. way up, cause what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes. Cause okay. I'm, yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. I'm basically releasing this on Monday and then I post to social media on Wednesday. Okay. So we got some time to get got these time. links, but tell me about, but tell me about it since I, I keep interrupting you 10,000 hours. No. Yeah. It, it's 10,000 hours and it's, uh, the guy's got a few different motivational videos and they're all pretty good, I think. Um, but it, it is, it's, you know, being an entrepreneur and putting in those initial 10,000 hours sucks. And that's a lot of time. And, uh, you know, if you're not willing to go through it, it's not really worth it because you probably won't see a lot of return from it. And, you know, I wholeheartedly believe, and I mean, maybe I'm at like 3000 hours now. I don't know, but, uh, things are growing. And as you, you know, he talks about, uh, think of thinking of each, each day and each piece of effort that you put in as a stack of paper or a piece of paper. And, uh, you know, what people don't see is every day you building that stack piece by piece, but to it you, up. that's, that's, um, you know, it's a big stack, you know, you look back a hundred days later and that's a hundred, you know, that's a, that's a big stack of paper that you're building. So, um, the whole idea being that it is little things and little contributions here and there that you can make, and it may not feel like you're moving forward. It may not feel like you're growing immensely, but you're you're better than you were yesterday. And as long as you're continuing to do that, uh, eventually that that will pay off, and there will be. That's some, my shit so. right there, man. <laughs> I want to see this video. Make sure you send it. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll, too. I'll send it to yeah. you for sure. That, that sounds right. That's, I'm like a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. Okay. Just do the fucking work, right? Yeah. Like, who cares how you feel? Like, every, no matter how I feel, I try and do something. Even like if I'm having the most miserable day possible, everything goes wrong. My brain's even against me. Like, stay in bed. Don't wake up. You do too much. You know, like everything that just trying to like distract you from doing what you need to do. Yep. I try and do it anyway because all that shit's lying to you no matter how you feel. Absolutely. That's kind of how I always feel if I'm being honest. I always kind of feel that way. But at least when you look back and see what you did, get some shit done. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think everyone, I don't know, maybe I think everyone, you know, when you go to bed, you didn't do anything for the day. You feel like crap. Yeah. You really do. And that's that's the biggest thing to keep in mind is if I feel like crap now, think of how I'm going to feel in a couple of hours when I'm done with my day and I haven't done anything like uh, any little bit of progress. And, Sometimes a little bit of progress that you think you're making, all of a sudden, you know, I, 
I was trying to think, like, I tweaked a Facebook ad, and I was like, oh, I don't know. We'll just try doing this, blah, 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 blah. Three, four calls later, it's like, okay, well, that was that was a huge thing. It, it was a minor tweak that I made. It was a minor effort, but um, it made some huge changes in, in the results. So, yeah, constantly working and tweaking. I don't know what else to say. It doesn't happen fast. That's No. It's a very – we grew up in a very instant gratification, instant return uh, society, I think, where – my favorite uh, stand-up is Louis C.K. talking about how people are hate their phones and how call their phones stupid because it took two seconds. He's like, it's going to fucking space. I'm so, I'm so that guy. Give it two seconds, it's going to space and then coming back. If it gives me a 10-second delay, I want to spike it into the ground. You've exactly. ruined my day yeah. phone. Yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, you think about, you know, you're calling anyone in the world with a phone that's in your pocket and we're complaining about things like that. So, it is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And uh, I don't know where I was going with that now, but um, that's just amazing time to be alive with technology like that. Yeah. It's the instant gratification, yeah. but that's my, and, and I listened to, I think there was a Ted talk, but the guy talked about, you don't build a business overnight. Not everyone's going to be Mark Zuckerberg. Not even 2% of people are going to be Mark Zuckerberg, you know, and that didn't even happen overnight. That was, he didn't get paid for a long time. <laughs> a long time. Like and he got offered some real money and turned it away. Like he got offered a billion or more and like, meh. And just kind of walked. Yeah. 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 I just, I think I'm going to ride this thing out. I'm always impressed by that. Yeah. Because that was, I've always said if I was going to sell out, it was going to be for a big enough number that everybody would understand. And I felt like Mark Zuckerberg got that number. And he just steely eyed, looked back into the market and say, <laughs> I'm going to ride this out. And now look at him. He's. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I don't want one billion. I want multiple billions, and he got it. He did, and and he deserved it. And yeah, he got a lot of vision. It's a ballsy yeah. move too. Yeah, and it just it, but it could have yeah. gone to MySpace, right? You know, <laughs> MySpace had the lead for sure. Tom Twitter. took the four hundred fifty million. He was smart to do too, because Facebook was going to come eat his lunch. You know, yeah, yep. somebody could have ate Zuckerberg's lunch. He had to, so he had to make sure he did it good enough that he get the billions. And not have somebody else eat his lunch. Maintain them, yeah. Yeah. Beat out the competition. Friendster, that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Google coming for you. You know, like, and he's yeah. like, nah, I'm good. Oh, that's when Google Plus started and not even close to the success. I mean, no. no. Complete abject failure. Yeah. 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 In, the, in the world of Google. Is there so. anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Now's the time. And it could be anything. Uh, I don't care what it is. No, not really. I mean, just... Uh, you know, I'll offer that, you know, if there's anyone out there that's either trying to start a business or trying to get started in real estate, um, I've absolutely been there and I'm still there in some senses. And I'm happy to help with any um, questions or comments that anyone may need fielded. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot that we didn't cover here, but, you know, I'm big on educating and giving back and the whole uh, abundance mentality. So I'm not scared to, to share secrets and I'm not scared to network and let you know how we do things. It's uh, it's all about meeting new people and making new connections, I guess. So. Yeah. Do you want to plug uh, Oakland Ria since you're on the board Oakland too? Ria, I should probably plug yeah. that or they get mad at me. They will. Yeah. They absolutely will. You're welcome. I'm uh, teeing that up for yeah, you. Right no, the, the Oakland Ria is a, is a great group as well. Um, we do not, and I think probably over the last, uh, I've been on the board, we, we do not really focus on a whole lot of uh, paid speakers either anymore. A lot of it is panels from local investors uh, answering questions that you might want to hear about. I believe this month uh, in February, we just had our general or our general meeting. It's the second Thursday of every month at 
7.30 is when the, the time starts. You can get there on like uh, 6 for networking and stuff like that. Uh, it's at Club Venetian in Madison Heights at 12 Mile and John R. Uh, the topic this coming month is going to be what to expect if you're going to court. So uh, we're not giving any legal advice, but just, you know, what to expect from, you know, if you've never been there, what what the process might be like. Um, so we do all sorts of that. And uh, if you go to oaklandria.com, uh, and check out the website or Rio of Oakland. I think it's RioofOakland.com. I'm sorry. Um, check out the website uh, every month or go to Meetup. We've got updates on the topics that are going on. Uh, we have some subgroups as well that meet on the second or sorry, the third and fourth Saturdays of every month at uh, Kirby's Coney Island in Troy. Yeah, that's Ron Wallraven. That's Ron. Yeah. yeah, Ron and uh, I think Brian and Peter run the yeah. the landlording mastermind. So. Uh, great group, some some great knowledge there, and uh, I think pretty affordable too for the amount of uh, information that you get. But not what a whole lot it, of sales uh, pitches. Twenty bucks or whatever, I can't remember. Twenty twenty five bucks again. Yeah, we're uh, twenty bucks for a member. Yeah, uh, or sorry, twenty bucks for a single uh, person to enter. One hundred and twenty for a member for the year, and then I believe it's one eighty for a dual membership if you get two people. Uh, Essentially, it's it's one twenty and then sixty dollars per person. After that, if you're going to add on for a company, so um, it definitely makes sense. And then I think we may be looking into doing a monthly payment plan as well in the future, in the near future here. So that's cool. Yeah, I you got you guys should go. I when I first got here, I went to every meeting for the first two years. Yeah, and to all of them. Went to Rio Macomb, Rio Oakland. We're all very different back then. Some of them aren't even around anymore. Okay. Dollars. I don't know if you're. I think that was uh that came that that died before you. I haven't been yeah, I didn't go to Detroit that. Organization of Leading Landlords. I don't remember all the uh, shit what it was. <laughs> Crusty old room with a bunch of I hate to say it, has beens, you know. Okay. It kind of died from the inside out. But I went to every single one of them. That's one of our great resources here, all these networking groups. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah, a good one. I go to Wendy and and I've been saying it for months, but I need to get down to the, the Renegade Detroit one. So I Hey man, we I do stream it live because I know you got the baby. I know. Yeah. So but, you can watch me live with the baby and uh I'll try not to swear too much. Just let me know if the baby's if you have the baby. We had a uh, we had a baby at the Oakland Rio last month. Someone brought their son or their daughter with them and I was like, Oh man, now I don't even have an excuse. No, nah, I guess I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, here. Shoot, you are coming. And I will put that link in the show notes. Anything else? Um I think that's it. Yeah, if you need marketing help or if you're looking to sell a house, give me a call. Um be more than happy to help. And if you're looking to buy some some great properties that are already cash flowing, don't know how to get started as a landlord in Michigan, or you are an out-of-state investor uh, that's looking for some great returns. Or out of country. Out of country. Absolutely. That's right. That's we don't discriminate on money. Your money is good Jeremy here. He's been counseling me on that because apparently I seem to think the world exists only in the United States. And he's uh, absolutely It's a global economy, yeah, man. Yeah, it's yeah. global. You know what? They have the same problem in Australia. Property's too expensive. Like four hundred thousand dollars to buy a house in Australia. That's like house, house ten, international is ten Warren houses right there, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, that's a lot of diversity. Yeah, yeah, diversify that, and yeah, we can help you out with uh, a lot of properties. And, and there's a ton out here that we could pick up too. So if you're looking for more than what we've got on the site, just let us know, and and we'll go to work. So place order, make deposit. Yeah, there we go. Buy houses, right? <laughs> If you're interested in that, folks, go to Kubo Homes, K-U-B-O Homes.com. If you like the social media thing, go to Facebook.com forward slash Kubo Homes there. And if you heard about the website building and the SEO and how he likes working with businesses and that sounds like something you're interested in, 
Go to creativerocketship.com or just type that into the search engine or click the link in the show notes for the Facebook page, and you can do all that as well. Thanks for your time, Zach. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. Yeah, I know you got a new baby, and we planned this for a long time, so I'm really (laughs) happy about it. Thank you. And, uh, folks, if you enjoy and find this podcast helpful, here's what I need you to do. It takes time at a Zach's day to come do this. He's got a baby. He's got a business. And he comes down. I don't pay him anything to do this, right? So I need you to rate and review. I need you to rate and review, and I need you to share if you like it. If you don't like it, don't do any of this stuff, right? But if you did like it, you're listening to podcasts, you're like, man, it's a great podcast. Share it. Tag Zach if you can. Tag me. Do it from one of our pages so we can see if for no other reason we can say thank you. And for everybody who does it and we can't see you, thank you anyway, because I know there's a ton of you doing it, and we really do appreciate it. All right. Rate and view on iTunes as well. That's really important. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're local or flying in and you're like, hey, I want to go to some of those meetings you're talking about, right? Go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or go to facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. And guess what? If you go like that Facebook page, I stream the meeting live. You have no excuse not to watch it. Guess what? I record it and put it on the podcast too, right? So you it's impossible to miss a Renegade Detroit Investor meeting if you're interested. So it's better to come because you get face-to-face. We got a group of savages get together just doing hundreds of deals a year. It's pretty awesome. If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, go to at Jeremy Burgess. And of course, always go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. And as I wrap up this podcast, I do want to take a moment to encourage you take the steps you need to become financially independent. Stop sitting on the sideline. Here, how's that quit his job, right? I'm not suggesting you quit your job. Do what you got to do. But like he said, right? He's helping other people make money and helping their future. Take some time to do the same for yourself. I know there's distractions. I know you're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose some money, poisonous people, bad habits. Maybe you've even had a bad start in life. Guess what? Nobody fucking cares. Pick some goals. Stick with it. Do something every day that gets you closer, even if it's one step. And I want to thank you for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. I know you can be doing lots of other things. Until the next podcast, crush it.